0: Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third
1: way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm
0: James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. Yeah, man. All right. Should we get started?
1: Let's do it. (laughs) Session 11. This goes to 11. (laughs) My man.
0: Another Friday, uh, another Friday afternoon. And uh, I mean, I am psyched this topic, brother, just uh, just the little bit that we talked about, um, this is going to hit home really hard, I think.
1: Yeah, it's going to be powerful to help people recognize uh, when trouble needs attention and what to do about it, and even maybe sometimes how we can be the trouble, right? And uh, we could see it in others. We could see it in ourselves. So all of this connects to this journey we've been going on for what it means for you to be a leader of leaders, specifically in sales. And so you would not have to have heard the other 10. It's a 12 part journey uh, to, to grasp today, but you can also, as you listen to them, see how they build on each other. So last time we talked about what it meant to really get into that place that you're letting go more and, and there's a releasing. And so as space starts to occur, I mean, imagine Jimmy, if you, cleared out half of your calendar for the week next week, right? There's space there now. What goes in that space? And so what we want to train you to do today is how to stay in this game of leading for the long haul. Because, you know, you know what it takes to do something long-term. It's about your energy. It's about how you manage that energy. Um, When I started out as a young leader, uh, Jimmy, I had so much energy to solve problems. Have you ever heard that saying, um, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Right. Right.
0: right? So every, cliches, everything was a mountain, right?
1: <laughs> bingo, 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 bingo. <laughs> right. I was 21 leading a team and, and I led with this energy, like, wait, right. Is that an issue? I'm gonna make that an issue. That's intense. An, yeah. Oh my gosh. Every little, every little molehill became a mountain. And, um, you know, I did a lot of damage. I did a lot of good too, but I did a lot of damage because I made things too intense. I I created unnecessary battles. And, um, I think just like that's a parallel to leaders starting out, or just like, that's a way that leaders start out with, with this energy to tackle problems, you know, from learning about the world you impact sales they start out with a lot of energy too right and having to hit goals and tell me about that world
0: man i mean when you said three or half your calendar I, I immediately thought to myself great there's like 75 clients i can go i can call there's all this work i can do to start you you know filling the pipe qualifying the pipe improving the pipe you know and um yeah. And and uh, yes, every challenge, everything that threatened the pipeline, everything that took my eyes off that focus uh, was huge. It was urgent. It was, it was crazy. It was just something that threatened my ability to deliver on my commitments. And that man, that nothing can stand your way. And, and, and the, in sales, I mean, the bottom line is you accept a number You have control over what you can control but there's so much you don't have control over you know you've just got to have those afterburners on all the time everything's a mountain because you have no idea what might get in the way of you hitting that number and so you've got to you've got to hit it like middle of the second month forget about month three in the quarter i mean it's just intense all the time
1: Paint that picture a little bit more for me. Like what's it look like for somebody I've heard you use different phrases, you know, like the dog on the bone, you know, this, this energy that they approach sales early in their career. It's just like all out for the ones that have that wiring and they're going to go for the long haul. I'm intense. I'm tackling it. Walk us through maybe like how they process a day or how they structure just at a high level to get a feel for how intensely they tackle.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think it's. It, I'm. I'm relating to you because we were both when we were young, very ambitious, right? So it has to do with that ambitious energy. It has mm-hmm. to do with. I'm in sales not just because it's a career or because I want to make money. I'm in sales to kill it. I'm in sales to, you know, make that unlimited income. I'm in sales to be the number one producer every month, every quarter, every year. I'm in sales to compete. I want to compete and win. If I don't win, I'm a loser. You know, it's and you know, and to your point, everything is a mountain. And in sales, there's nothing more important oftentimes than the goal. And then that excuses the means to get to that end. And so all of a sudden, you're rewarded for how sneaky, how devious, how creative you know you can be. I wrote a blog uh, recently about you know how in baseball just like in race car driving you know if you're not cheating you're not trying why is that because uh, the rules are there to be broken for anyone who's got the ambition to do whatever it takes to win period and it's all legal it's all on the table it's all legit it's all ethical it's all moral as long as you don't get caught Mm-hmm. And so there's you know and, and that energy that you have every day you you it's impossible to not judge yourself based on performance and so what you have is you have you know a situation where um all the stuff we've been talking about all the healthy functional behavior and mindset that we've been talking about goes out the window because there's only one thing that matters you know, winning and not being a loser well, that's two things, winning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not being a loser. Because if you yeah. don't win, you lose. Now, people, as they get older, why do why do sales forces kind of ignore older, wiser sales folks? Because oftentimes they've lost that intense, crazy, manic energy. And the loss of that manic energy um, is misinterpreted by younger folks as not motivated.
1: Yeah, you know, same things happy. happen... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You said it's what?
0: It's just it's uh, it's just not true. And in fact, those older folks that are wiser actually know how to do more with less.
1: Right? Yeah, I, it's. I mean, we've talked about this analogy before. It's the same thing in sports, right? The college athlete runs around passionate. The pro athlete has learned. I don't dive after that ball because seven out of ten times I'm not going to get it. I will dive after that ball because seven out of ten times I will get it, right. and. And it's this effective deployment and and you see the same thing happen in leadership at large like a bias towards younger leaders because they have the energy to tackle everything but the damaging thing is they do too much and they can hurt people and they can burn bridges and so what we want to do is give you a model today to shift your energy management into focusing on what absolutely is critical what matters and if you're a younger leader What this is going to do is help you season and mature faster. If you're an older leader, if you've lost too much of your edge, not not your energy, but you're not sharp to tackle the battles you should be tackling, it's going to restore you with a vigor to really know what are the key things that I've got to focus on and can't compromise on. So as we break into this, the model we're offering you is this there is a difference. Let's just imagine this from the perspective of a parent, Jimmy. There's a difference as a parent from a bike wreck and a car wreck. Uh, you and I both have gone through those phases where we've taught our kids how to ride bikes and we've taught our kids how to drive cars. So <laughs> right. You I had much imagine... more hair,
0: much more hair, Chris, <laughs> when my kids were learning how to ride bikes,
1: <laughs> dude, I went bald young. <laughs> um, I just didn't have the gray in the beard, but, uh, So let's imagine you've taught your daughter to ride a bike and you come home and you are catching up with her about the day and she says, Daddy, I had a bike wreck. You're going to comfort her. You're going to be like, I'm so sorry, honey. But within you, your energy, are you going to be extremely activated? No, because she's here. You see it's fine. You you know, kiss my boo-boo, everything's okay uh now you're at the office you get a phone call dad had a car wreck energetically what happens in you in that moment right what's going on different than yeah. the bike wreck right
0: totally peak you're like you're worried about who did you kill somebody or hurt somebody else did you hurt yourself the consequences are so much more extreme beautifully
1: stated yes beautifully stated the consequences are so much more extreme now here's the damage with leadership when you're when you're young everything is a car wreck but it's not really lots of bike wrecks are happening that's how people grow and learn right when you're older everything becomes a bike wreck and you're not bringing the energy to the key problems you need to So we're going to give you three arenas. And if you learn to focus on these three and watch for these three, these three are the car wrecks. What we're going to lay out, these three situations are car wrecks. And if you're younger, you'll learn to manage your energy better. If you're older or more seasoned, you're going to learn, I can't lose my edge on these three. So as we walk through these, I'll be talking about them from a leadership standpoint. And then Jimmy, you'll be helping me apply it into the world of sales. Awesome. Let's go. So first place, the first car wreck you want to learn to watch out for are people that are relationally divisive. They're problematic. They don't know how to help people get along with each other. They're too much of a lightning rod. You know, a culture is, is going to be healthy if, and this is only one of the ifs, there are two other ifs, if it's made up of people who have a relational maturity. And they know how to not make everything a moral imperative. They know how to get along with people in a healthy way, but they also don't bury healthy boundaries or desires. Everything that it means to be the kind of person who exists in healthy relationships is what we're talking about here. Now, I know you can't describe Benny, Jimmy, and you've never coached through any situations with sales teams (laughs) where somebody was divisive, unnecessarily confronting Man, right? Tell yeah. us
0: about it. You're describing me, dude. I mean, uh, and this—it's <laughs> not something I'm proud of. It's just sure. I'm, I'm just letting people know I can relate, man. I mean, my uh, my nickname, right? And I won't—I won't say where I was when I got this nickname. My nickname became Sledge. How divisive do you think I was? How destructive <laughs> do you think I was, man? That was my freaking nickname as a man. top performer, right? <laughs> And I, and I actually was proud of that name. I loved that name, right? Be afraid of Jimmy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at, at that point in my career, I did not uh, have any kind of respect or value for the team. I did not have respect or value for anyone else on my team. They were all my competition. You know, I was raised to that point to believe that, you know, the ranking of the sales team. Was the ranking of your value uh, as a human being, and uh, I wasn't going to let anybody tell me that I wasn't um, really valuable, right? So, mm. I, I, my insecurity level kind of drove me to the point where, yeah, forget the team, forget everything else. I will use you if I need you, um, but you know, this is this is me doing my thing, and everything and that justified everything I did. Um, and it also allowed the people around me, the leaders around me to enable me because, you know, the answer to, the answer to handling me was, Hey, as long as he hits his number, who cares? Yeah. And that kind of empowered me and enabled me. So looking back, as I'm talking to you now, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, those, those leaders, right. Could have done a better job of helping me understand how to modulate like we're talking about today, so that i so that I could achieve without you know, achieve as an individual and help the team without being destructive or um, you know, demotivating the rest of the team members, right? I could have I could be thinking about raising all boats instead of just worrying about my own
1: uh, well said, and that's the thing. like that's I think that's what makes this lesson so powerful for sales because these three types of car wrecks we're going to cover can all be overlooked if someone's hitting their numbers. But if they are overlooked, they are car wrecks. And like you said earlier, they are causing greater consequences. And those consequences will have an effect on the culture and you will waste your energy because you will not be able to keep the culture going in a healthy direction. But I wanna emphasize too, not only is a person who's relationally divisive, does it manifest in, in an aggressive way, it can also manifest, in an overly passive way, and just like you said there, I loved it. You said about raising all boats. Somebody can be too diminished relationally, and and you know we have different wiring, introversion, extroversion. We want to be sensitive to that and aware of who we are and how we show up. And we have different things that uh, represent personalities. We don't need to expect people to mirror our personality or just be like us. But if you're a less, if you're if you're a very expressive person, you need to tone it down when you need to. If you're a less expressive person. You need to learn how to give people some kind of, you know, interaction that they know where you're coming from. You don't want them completely flying blind. Uh, they they may need to hear from you. Yes, I hear what you're saying to the leader, or you know, hey, good job on that to a teammate. Finding some way to express something that greases the wheels of the relationship of this organization or this team. That is so key. Um, and so I think in sales, we tend to think of rightfully so, cause this is where it gets more abused an overly aggressive expression here of somebody who's relationally uh, not working towards the unity of the team, but it can also be somebody who's, you know, not putting that effort in to put themselves out there. They get blocked up.
0: So, so let's, let's just rest here for a minute. I mean, um what advice do you have to someone right now who's saying yes i'm in that situation and the belief system that i have as a leader is um this person is helping me hit my number but they're helping to also destroy the culture and prevent my team from actually growing what options
1: do i have right on world-class coaching is not about the big hype speech you give them so so it's not about how intense you try to convince them that they need to tone it down or be more expressive it comes in the specific feedback you give them um i saved something off of uh a a resource i found recently that has nick sabins the head coach of alabama like a spreadsheet jimmy he goes through when they're getting ready for an opponent There is no hype in this spreadsheet. It is so specifically attuned to find the smallest of behavioral stuff that the other players are doing and how they can manipulate it and exploit it. So if you're leading a sales team and you're interacting with somebody who's overly aggressive or overly passive relationally, you have to define what the behavior looks like. So if they're coaching you years back, Sledge, I appreciate your ability to deliver numbers. It matters. What also matters is the environment and the culture we're building in this team. And I want you to understand what it looks like to behave in a way that allows us all to advance together. When Bill said that thing to you and you responded this way, that's something that puts a divide between you and Bill. Here's the kind of response that I want you to have. Now, that's dealing with it, obviously, at a very high level, surface level, you can get deeper into why they behave that way. A lot of our podcasts have gone into some of those things. Uh, you're trying to prune the fruit of their behavior, so to speak, without necessarily understanding the depth of their mindset and their root system. Right. But it is a starting point and you got to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you, if I was coaching myself back then, <laughs> <laughs> here's what came to mind. Here's how, here's how you could get through to me back then. Hey, James, if I could show you how to be successful without being an asshole, would you buy in? Beautifully done I'm right now only because i was a I was really just pretty myopic and you couldn't you couldn't like you couldn't you couldn't just soft glove me, right? you had to you had to whip out the the velvet two by four, which is frankly where I got the phrase from., uh, so I think it's worth noting here that everybody you deal with is going to have is going to require a different approach and that's really part of strong leadership is knowing who needs what when
1: bingo bingo and if they are an overly aggressive person you have to communicate to them in a way they can hear you know yeah i had a guy that reported to me that communicated that way and he's like i'm just waiting for the day that you i don't remember (laughs) what he said now well what did i do I picked the deeper issue and I was like, well, I'm waiting for the day that you, and, and he had an insight, he had a breakthrough, but I had to meet his intensity. Um, I've learned better how to do it with questions like what you're describing, which is the superior approach using the wins models key. Um, Okay. Second car wreck, second car wreck. When someone is confused or ignores the vision values strategy the vision the direction the values who we are the strategy how we're getting there so this is the hard work of leading an organization leading a sales team we have a vision as a company we have a strategy as a sales team we have our numbers we have our values and when someone is confused about them or disregards them our antenna should pop up oh We have a car wreck here because, you know, we could do 20 podcasts in a row on what happens when there's a confusion or a disregard of vision, values, and strategy. The plane that sets out that is one degree off to go to its destination, right? Over time, it's hundreds and hundreds of miles off because that one degree makes such a difference. So you can't die on every hill, but you want to learn to watch like a hawk for the vision, values, and strategy being understood and bought into.
0: Right. You know, this, that makes me think of uh, the hiring process. You know, when, when a leader has a team that's misaligned, the first question is, is this temporary or is this systemic? If it's systemic, then we can point to a failure in the recruiting process, mm. right? What values did you compromise to bring this person on board? Well, what do you mean? Right. You know, the, the core part, you know, of building a team is assembling people who at their core are driven by the same vision. They're going to get there differently. They'll play different roles. But are you on purpose in the context of this vision? And we got to do our best if, if culture and team is important to us make sure that we don't give these folks a chance to lie to us bullshit to us you know tell us what we think they think we want to hear because we've told them what we want to hear in the interview how do we avoid that so that we can bring people on board who are truly aligned so that those misalignments are just temporary blips that we can give them some time to, to get over but man if you're trying to change someone to make them aligned With where you are and where you want to be, that is just that's just um, it's just going to be an unrewarding, continuous disappointment.
1: Yeah, I love that you brought that up because this will be huge for people to grasp. Um, There's the proactive and the reactive that's necessary here, really for all three of these, but very much so this one. And and it's like you know, proactively when I taught my kids to drive. I'm like, if you hesitate, stop, (laughs) don't like hesitate and then go ahead and hit the gas. Once you've hesitated once, like stop, right? That was a training that I gave them in teaching them to drive to help them be safe. Now, once a car wrecks happened, I'm in a reactive mode. I'm not blindly reacting, reacting out of anger, but I'm fully alert. So organizations have to be proactive on confusion around vision and values and strategy through just what you're saying, hiring. Also, Onboarding. Also, if you're the leader of the sales team, every time you're asked a question in a meeting, you should always be able to tie things back to the vision, values, and strategy. Right. You suck the oxygen out of the room because this is what we're obsessed with. This is what we're focused on. But today, in this, we're also talking about hey, things happen still when there's confusion or disregarding the vision, values, and strategy that is not a molehill. You got to go in on it. It doesn't mean you have to be ballistic about it. It doesn't mean you have to be mean. It just means you got to pay attention. You got to ask some questions. Hey, well, tell me why you said that. You know, somebody says something in the meeting that's off vision, value, strategy. Oh, okay. Where did where did you get that understanding from? Very helpful information. Thank you for sharing. Okay. And where did she get, you know, you're then detective style trying to figure out where did this bad idea begin? And it might've started with them. It might've started somewhere else, but you got to dive in because you're on alert. A car wreck has just occurred. And that is when the real power starts to happen in a healthy way. The power of the focus from the organization, the team being zeroed in. Um, Yeah. And, and, And this is the thing with sales that makes this so hard. And I've seen this a little bit, but learned it a ton from you. Leaders will often be their own worst enemy here because they will, leaders of leaders of sales professionals, because they will look the other way if somebody else is hitting the numbers. Right. Yes, he's not living the values. Yes, he's doing it a way that we didn't say or told him not to, but they're delivering. They're delivering. What do you say for somebody listening and is in that spot right now? They're like, okay, I hear what Chris is saying. They're off vision, value, strategy, but they're hitting their numbers. Yeah. Why should they- Pay attention to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a great uh, saying among coaches in sports. Um, if you're not coaching it, then you're allowing it. Ooh, right,
1: dude. What? How have I never heard that?
0: <laughs> that's freaking awesome. You don't watch enough Sports Center, man. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, that's true. That's true. Uh, if you're yeah. not coaching it, you're allowing it.
0: You're, yeah. So this was, um, I think this was a conversation around Bruce Arians, a profile on Bruce Arians. Um, And um, it's just an amazing, interesting career. I just really marvel at uh, the investment coaches make, especially athletic coaches make in their careers. And and how how, um, purposeful each decision is that they make to take a job because of who they can learn from.
1: Mm.
0: it's not about the money it's about it's about building that expertise and over time what ends up happening they become championship coaches and yeah one of his players was commenting on how uh, he heard him over and over say this if you're not coaching it you're allowing it which means which really in the context of um a championship coach it says look if we're not If we're not teaching our people how to do this the right way, then we're allowing them to do it the wrong way. So, you know, Dallas Cowboys, 17 penalties in their first preseason game. You got to look at the coach. The coach is allowing that to happen because they're not coaching the team on how to avoid that. Right? So that's the advice I would give a leader of a sales organization that, um, is challenged, right? You've, this is not a job you can just blow off. You can't just hide and coach people through sales calls. You can't just be the kind of leader that just is in the field or on the phone working deals with your reps. You've gotta be stepping outside of that role and looking at how you're leading this organization and forming this organization to win championships.
1: Dude, I loved that. That was awesome. That was awesome. So if you're listening closely, you'll remember, we said, if you're young, we're going to teach you where to focus. If you're seasoned, we're going to teach you how not to lose the fire around these three key areas. So we got relationships. We've got vision, values, strategy. Third one, innovation or change. So there are some organizations that change just to change. We're not talking about that. They don't stick with things long enough we're talking about where a person blocks innovation or change because they're like, well, we've never done it that way before. They're not willing to upgrade a system or approach, Um, you know, arms crossed and they're resistant. These are, these are change resistant people and you've got to be alert when that happens. That's a car wreck because all it takes is one person to sour other people to cause something that's being developed that's going to be really powerful for the clients or really powerful for the sales process or marketplace to get polluted because individuals often innovate and then groups can make it better or ruin it through consensus and that ruining happens when there's a change resistant person and so from a leadership standpoint this gets me like all right i'm I'm zeroed in now and i'm going to coach that person and walk them through understanding a change process, why this is important. I'm going to use some kind of framework to help them orient and make peace with it. And if they can't, we may have evolved as an organization beyond them being with us. And that does happen sometimes. Um, Talk to me about in the sales world, like what this looks like when somebody is going, well, you know, they're hitting their numbers. They don't really have to do this new CRM or new sales process
0: yeah and and this the last point you made about well maybe they don't deserve to be on the team anymore um you know something that something should be said here the leaders have to earn the right to coach right the first thing that i look at when i hear that people are uncoachable is i wonder if the leader has earned the respect, the trust of their team. What kind of relationship have you built? So I everything we're saying, I think, is in the context of look, look in the mirror first, right? If they're, if you're, if what you're, if the change that you want to pursue is not landing on your team, it could be because they look at themselves and say, wow, I'm really insecure about this shift. I'm not sure it's going to be good for me. I'd rather stay in my world or i have a fixed mindset nothing you can say is ever going to make me want to change in fact i volunteer to leave the team if this is the way it's going to look right Uh, but it could also be look i'm tired of you continuing to change you continuing to to operate like the grass is always green on the other side you go do what you want i'm going to do what i want and i'm not going to let you as a leader put my career at risk Right. This is how salespeople think. Top performers think, I'm not going to let you put my career at risk by by coming up with and putting and going all in on another crazy idea.
1: Mm. Mm. Man, I mean, this this goes back to this idea about like you can be this star wide receiver, but you don't win the Super Bowl because you don't know how to be a part of a team and uh, what it means to be a part of a whole healthy culture from a team based way. And what I appreciate about what you've done on each of these is we've kept taking it back. We've, you know, kept taking it to, I should say, the individual performer and what they would be doing wrong to rightfully cause an alert on the part of the leader. And what you've kept reminding us of is, and yet, and this is probably the best place we could even land this plane, it is the leader's responsibility when these car wrecks happen, to get activated and to step up and to bring awesome, whole leadership to each of these three. And we're never going to do it perfectly and we're going to slip some days. But as you and I know at this point, it is the consistency of bringing energy to what matters that that is the real issue. It's the direction of where we're headed, not the perfection of it. So if you've made some mistakes with this, as you've listened to it, give yourself some grace and uh, go back into that meeting and try again. Go back into that conversation with that person and try again. Um, This is how we we lead and we lead well, and we stay focused on what matters for the long-term. We got energy, baby, energy. Yeah,
0: pursuit, 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 Mm -hmm. right? I love it, Chris. I think the thing I'm thinking about is I'm asking myself, can I win the race in a lower gear, right? It's not always gonna be a sprint.
1: I needed to hear it myself. (laughs) Thanks, man.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com.
1: And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace.